time, I'd like to just take a, a moment and say thank you on behalf of Bob and Shaney and the family for you guys coming and, and being a part of this memorial service. This is a, a time in our lives where, where when tragedy steps in and death tries to, to step in and, and make its hold that we have to stop and our hearts are broken, but it's friends and family coming together through the help of the Lord, with the strength of the Lord that those that are left behind can continue on. So I want to again thank you for coming to be a part of this memorial service this morning. And I can think of no better way to start any service with the Lord, but especially memorial service where we lost a, a loved one, a son, a friend, a brother in Christ. I pray that you would go with me now into, the, into a prayer to ask God's direction, God's peace, God's mercy, God's grace, most of all, over this ceremony that we're about to step and embark into. So if you would bow your heads with me this morning. Father God, I do come before you and I thank you from the bottom of our hearts that even in the times of trials, in the times of the storm, when we're not on that mountaintop but struggling to get through the stormy waters and swamps in the bottoms, that you are still there. God, thank you that you're here amongst us right now. 
And God, I pray in the name of Jesus Christ that you would touch the hearts of those that are here. Dry the eyes, Father, and just fill their hearts with a peace that surpasses all understanding. Let them know that that just as you wept, you understand their weeping. Father, may you just touch upon the lives of each that are here today, whether it be through song, through a word that's spoken here today, maybe through the scriptures that we will share later, Lord. I don't know. But may you be able to put your healing hand upon the hearts and the spirits and the psyches of everyone who is represented here today. Father, there are those that will be watching by Facebook, those that are listening by radio, those that are wherever they may be, that may not be able to be here with us physically. I thank you that you can be there with them wherever they are. So God, we just ask your anointing to be upon this service, upon, upon these people. And Father, may your grace just abound in here today. And may we leave with the understanding and the knowledge that you said whomsoever professes your name and believes in you, so shall they be saved. Father, our brother, who is no longer with us physically, made those professions. And then we also know that he shared that with those professions, leading some to the Lord there at camp. Father, leading others, helping others. We saw you work through him. God, thank you for the promise. You said that we would gather together again one day. May we hold to those promises, and may you be into the hearts of your people this day. It's in Jesus' holy name that we pray. Amen. This is, we're, we're, family picked the song that you're about to listen to. Now this is one of Forrest's favorite songs. And as you can, if you didn't know, he loved to play the drums. This is one of the ones he always asked to play the drums to. His dad was sharing with me. So as you listen to that this morning, this afternoon. Jesus, my Savior, Lord, there is none like you, all of my days, I want to praise the wonders of your mighty love. Yeah. 
know, guys, there's nothing that can compare to the promises that we have in the Lord Jesus Christ, especially in a time, in a trial such as this. In a little bit, we're going to be opening the floor for folks to speak and share some things on their heart about the things that Forrest has done in their life, little stories to help the family get through trials and such. I want to take a moment. There was a, so many things that were posted to his Facebook page after folks found out, and they're not here to be able to give voice to those. And though I couldn't share all of them, there was a few that I wanted to grab a hold of to share with you guys to kind of, again, just relay the, the heart that Forrest may have had. Maybe parts of his life that you have not seen or parts of who he was that you did not recognize. So there's just several of these I'd like to share with you since they couldn't be here this morning. The first here is, is from Michael Burist. He said, I am so overwhelmed, still can't believe it. Today is the first time I've ever cried in years. I just lost the best friend I've ever had, Horace Corrigan. Thank God I was able to ever have him bless my life with his friendship. Horace would take his, the clothes off his back in the coldest weather possible to give it to someone else in need of a friend or not. There was no limit to how big his heart was and how compassionate he was to others. He always called me and talked to me about his struggles, and I was always here for him. I just wish I could have physically been there for him and spent more time with him. He ended up taking his life just last night. May God have mercy on his soul. Horace, I'm so sorry I couldn't have been a better friend. I should have driven down to Texas to be there with you, spend time with you, instead of only calling and talking to you. I love you, and I pray that your soul will be taken to heaven so you can have eternal peace. I pray your family and their friends and their t- for their friends in time of their grieving. You are never a burden to me nor anyone else. You're one of God's, capital G-O-D-S, greatest gifts to, to this earth, brother. Again, someone else here I'd like to share with you. This is Megan Ruth Daniel. She said, I seriously can't believe this. At times, you were the only one there for me. I remember how long talks and walks talking about the meaning of life and talking about God. You're always such a strong believer that things always get better. I'm so sorry. I feel like there's so much more that I could have done for you. You are such an amazing person and friend, and I'll never forget your kind, giving, and completely pure nature. You are my friend. I love you, Forrest. Rest in peace. And one more I'd like to share with you. But if you notice, the common thread here that, that I hear is how he would share God with others. How he shared not just in word, but in deed and in action with his friends. But this is Sophia Maria Wheeler. It says, Forrest always was there to comfort others in a time of need and always knew exactly what to say. It breaks my heart that he is gone. He is in the hands of our Lord Jesus Christ now, but he will be missed by so many. I wish there was more that I could have said to him or done for him. He always was there when I was feeling low and was the same with many others. He always wanted to make others happy, even though he was hurting inside. As Forrest used to tell me all the time, that Walt Disney once said, keep moving forward. Depression has robbed us of a friend or a family member. But let his words and his kind heart be a sign from God that if you're going through a similar situation, it doesn't have to end like this. If you know someone who is severely depressed, comfort them and get them the help they need. I do not want to lose another friend this and I would I would also second what she has to say there guys remember that the Lord is there and if you have a friend for whatever reason that may be going through these things maybe it's time to stretch out that hand we, we all can't be there all the time and there's times that folks for whatever the reason may be turns away the help that may be given but we can continue to pray we can continue to lift one another up this next song that the family picked out for you to listen to. It's kind of an older song, but this was a, a special song between Forrest and his, his dad. So I was, 
ask you to listen to this this morning. In the world's mighty galleries of pictures Hang the scenes that are painted from life The pictures of love and of passion There's pictures of peace and of strife Then there are pictures of youth and of beauty Of old age and the blushing young bride They all hang on the wall But the saddest of all Are the pictures from life's other side Tis a picture from life's other side Someone who's fell by the wind Her life has gone out with the tide That might have been happy someday There's a pearl mother at home Just watching and waiting alone She's longing to hear From her loved one so dear It's a picture from life's other side The first scene is that of a gambler Who had lost all his money at play Drew his dead mother's ring from his finger Yes, the one she wore on her wedding day His last earthly treasure, he stakes it Then he bows his head, his shame he might hide Then when they lifted his head They found he was dead Another picture from life's other side The next tale is that of two brothers Whose paths in life different led For one was a luxury in living But the other brother begged for his bread Then one dark night they met on the highway Your money or life, the thief cried And then with his knife He took his own brother's life Just a picture from life's other side The last scene is that by the river Of a heartbroken mother and babe As the harbor lights shine and they shiver On an outcast tomb no one will save And yet she was once a true woman She was somebody's darling and pride God help her, she leaps But there's no one to weep It's just a picture from life's other side There's a new scene now in Korea Of a boy with a gun in the snow 
in a foxhole frozen and homesick he's fighting for us as you know he's lonesome and weary and frightened his life may go out with the tide but pray God he'll return to the loved ones who yearn it's just a picture from life's other side thank you Hank that's really fine as I was stating a few minutes ago some of the best healing that we can have and, and help to get through trying times is to hear some of the things and the stories that we may not have heard before. I want to open the floor in just a few moments. We're going to have an opportunity. Maybe there's a story where force has touched you, did something incredibly special, or maybe it was something that you thought was funny that you would like to share with the family. Just, I want this to be an opportunity for you guys just to open your hearts and help heal one another by reaching out to one another and sharing what Forrest has done, meant, or something of that nature in your life. But to start that off, he had some friends that came up from Omaha, and they're going to come up and they're going to share a song with you this morning in tribute to their, their friend, Brother Forrest. Come on up, Mike. So uh, my name is Michael Burst. Um, this is my buddy Eddie. He's also very close friends with Forrest. <clears throat> uh, so this song uh, we're about to sing, a lot of you probably may know, uh, it's actually by Red Jumpsuit Apparatus. It's called Your Guardian Angel. Um, I'm actually a little bit sick today, so <laughs> I might butcher it a little bit, so forgive me. But um, my buddy Eddie here is going to play guitar and I'll sing. down my face I can't replace now that I'm strong I have figured out 
How this world turns cold and breaks through my soul And I know I'll find Deep inside me I will be the one I will never let you fall I will stand for you forever I'll be there with you through it all Even if saving you sends me to heaven It's okay It's okay It's okay Seasons are changing and waves are crashing Stars are falling off for us Days grow longer and nights grow shorter I could show you I'll be the one I was enough for you through it all I'll stand up for you forever I'll be there with you through it all Even if saving you sends me you're my, you're my, 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 my whole heart, my true love. Please don't throw that away, cause I'm here for you. So walk away and please tell me you'll stay. Whoa, stay. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Use me as your will. Pull my strings back for a thrill And I know I'll be okay Though my skies are turning gray I'll be there with you through it all I'll stand up with you forever I'll be there with you through it all even if saving you sends me to heaven. Thanks, guys. Amen. Amen. And believe it or not, Mike, those that are here know Red Jumpsuit Apparatus. I preached a sermon just a few months ago but one of their songs is the centerpiece. Anyway, as we get, as we continue forward, has that song meant something between Mike and Forrest? Maybe there's something that's touched you as well. I want to open the floor in just a moment. If there's something you would like to share, some story, it could be something where it was so deep and serious, some conversation that you had, or it could be that time you caught Forrest's hand in the cookie jar and it was funny and something. 
whatever it may be that the Lord's laid on your heart to share this morning, I want to give you this moment in time, this opportunity to impart that on to the family and, and to help heal one another through these kinds of stories. So I'm going to turn this Who would like to speak first? Boris Tyler Corrigan is my nephew. I, I didn't know my nephew as well as I wanted to. But sometimes life is hard. Death is a terrible thing. It is. It, it causes many things. But sometimes life is just as hard. Moments like this, we're reminded of that. I know that uh, there were times when uh, I would speak with my brother. And uh, one thing about our family, if anybody knows my brother and his children and our family, we set the success bar pretty high. We make it kind of hard sometimes. But people judge success different ways. And uh, my nephew, Forrest, as I told my brother earlier in the week, just as uh, the people on Facebook, anyone that knew him, you know, I never heard Forrest in any of the times, and I was fortunate enough to spend some times with him. Uh, say derogatory things about people, ever. You know, there's that saying in the Bible, take the plank out of your eye. I don't think Forrest had a plank. <laughs> so it makes it harder when you have to go through something like this. But um, I know that he had uh, just recently come back from college and he had some issues there, and he was pretty upset about that. But even then, not a derogatory word. Just said that they wished he would have treated him better. Okay? I know how I would have reacted. I've seen men in combat. I know my brother's deployed. My other nephews are in the military. I've seen stress. i never seen it with force. He never said anything. He was always happy. So I'm going to share a happy story because that's what we do in these kind of situations. So I, one of the many times that uh, my brother wasn't deployed in one part of the world and I was in the other, I was fortunate enough to go see my, my brother and my nephews. And my brother had taken a 12-volt car You've all seen them, the ones you get at Walmart and all of that, right? Yeah, that, that wasn't good enough for Bobby or his boys, okay? He put two Marine batteries on there, and he converted it to a 24-volt system so that it would go even faster, okay? Now, Ben and Preston, they were pretty good with it, but Forrest, Forrest, he just didn't have the legs long enough to get into it and go. So I watched him. 
I watched him going into the house and grab a bunch of pillows and come back out and get on the pillows and try to reach it, and he still couldn't. So he uh, he went back into the house, and he got more pillows, and he put them on there, and pretty soon he got to where he could reach the pedals, and the first thing he did was drive into the side of the garage. <laughs> and at that point, I thought, boy, he's just like his father. <laughs> but that's another story. <laughs> Nothing in the world is worse than a father not being able or a mother to see the potential of their child. But let's go back to that success thing. He was smart. He was energetic. He had a wonderful heart. I think that's pretty successful. Okay. He was taken from me. And I didn't get to know him as well as I wanted, but I'm very grateful for the time that he spent here that I did and the times that I got to see him. And I won't question what he did here, but I know that I loved him and that his family loved him and that he's going to be truly missed. Thank you. Amen. Thank you, brother. You don't have to come up to the mic if you want to just stand where you're at, but has somebody else got something they'd like to share this morning, this afternoon? Sometime that forced, yes, sir? Hi, I'm Kalen. Uh, me and two other friends drove up from Iowa to be here for, for uh, Forest today. Um, I didn't really know Forrest as well as I wanted to, but I can say he helped me uh, pursue my music career, and I really appreciate it for like appreciate him for that. Um, he was in an old band of mine, and he played pr- the drums pretty good. <laughs> uh, every time when we got lost, um, me and my guitarist would look at him. And he'd just be just going and going. And we tell him to stop, and he said no, and he kept going. <laughs> but um, that's typical Forrest. Um, I looked up to him as a brother. He was there for me when I needed him, and I wish I could have done the same. And I just, I just wish I was there for him this time. Um, He was, he'd always be a brother to me, even in life or in death, till death do us part. That's what I always say. Uh, I, I just wish I could have done something to help him, like he helped me. That's all. Yeah. Amen. And remember, guys, we can't always be everywhere all the time with anyone. We all have those thoughts, if I had been there, or what if I'd said this, or what if I'd done that? The what ifs, unfortunately, are something that will chew us away. We have to just put it into the hands of the Lord and know that he made a profession, and therefore one day if I make the same profession, I'll see him again, and then I can talk to him. How about you guys? Anybody else want to share something this morning? Again, as I said, you don't have to come up to the mic. Yes, 
Go ahead. Oh. I'll try to be quick. Um, so uh, I was one of Forrest's best friends. Um, he's one of mine, um, honestly. Um, I know a ton of ton of people I've met throughout my life, and uh, Forrest is truly, um, truly the best friend and best, you know, pretty much brother that anyone could have. Um, you know, um, he, we talked about my my Facebook post earlier, and you know that's pretty on point. Not to, you know, um, kind of go over the same things, but you know, a lot of people always talking about how you'll. You know, someone can take a shirt off their back and they'll give it to you. You know, Forrest, Forrest will strip all the way down to his boxers and give it to you, you know. And he, he was so generous and so giving, you know. Um, you know, one thing I told him, I said, dude, you don't have, you don't, you don't ever have to worry about buying my friendship. You're never a burden to me. I'm always here for you whenever you're dealing with something. And he, um... I was really thankful to um, have a friend like that that trusted me with everything, related to me with so many things, and I could talk to. And, you know, um, he helped me through so many things. Um, he originally actually tried out for my band, The Impulsive. Um, which we, you know, we didn't end up going with him, but we still stayed in contact with him. He's a great friend. Um, <clears throat> there were times where, you know, I was dealing with some, you know, some spiritual battles and some, you know, mental battles. And, you know, I'd call him at 2, 3 in the morning, and he would answer his phone. He'd be like, what's going on? And I'd talk to him. He'd be like, I'm over, I'll am i be over there in just a minute. And um, that, to me, is, um, <laughs> I don't know anyone like that in the world, honestly. And I've never had anyone like that in my life. It's sad to see him go. Um, but I know that, you know, he's gonna always live on he'll never be forgotten he'll live on through our memories through through heaven and um through so many things and so many lives so many lives that he changed and i tried to tell him i said dude you have no idea how much you mean to people no idea you're so much more so much worth so much more than you know and it shows everyone posts about it everyone talked about it People couldn't believe it. I just woke up when I found out about it, so I just broke down. Um, enough said. I'm really grateful. I was um, Forrest was able to bless my life in so many ways and uh, change, you know, help change the course of my life um, as, a, as a Christian. Um, that, that walked away and he pulled me back, and uh, I was really grateful and. For him to have graced this earth and blessed this earth and blessed everyone in it, including me. Hallelujah. Thank you. Thanks, Mike. Amen. Uh, hey, everyone. I'm Eric. <laughs> and I've known Forrest since, like, I don't know, like 10 years now, back in the early, early high school days. And um, one of the biggest things I connected with Forrest on was music, as well as a lot of other you in here. And so um, 
you know, he was a drummer and I was always more interested in like vocalists and stuff. So we'd always talked about, you know, how awesome it would be to start a band, of course. And, um, unfortunately he ended up moving away and that never became a thing. But after a while I decided to go visit him and stay with him in Texas for a while. And we tried to get something going there. And, uh, over here with Blake too, smiling over there. He was part of that band. Um, and unfortunately, again, it something didn't work out with it, and then I ended up coming back to Ohio. But throughout the whole time, um, me and Forrest stayed very close friends. We would like chat with each other on Skype all the time, watch movies, shows together, all sorts of stuff. And uh, uh, he was getting in with all sorts of different bands. I was getting in with different bands. And the whole time, even though we were so far away, we were still pushing each other to be the most dedicated members of our bands. And um, he ended up surprising me very amazingly coming here to Ohio, well, back in Ohio. So um, he, uh, he had planned on coming and staying in Ohio for a while, but um, he kept talking to me, pretending to be sad, saying, you know, he's not going to be able to make it. And he calls me on the phone one morning, like just kind of, you know, apologizing and apologizing and apologizing because he's not going to be able to make it. And then my doorbell rings and he's outside. <laughs> and um, we started meeting with so many other band members and trying to get something finally going here. But then we ran into a very common issue with finding other musicians, is finding musicians who can act professionally and stay together and actually work hard and the whole time, he was the only person that I could fully depend on. He was the only person that didn't give up, didn't stop trying. Everyone else, you know, had their own reasons to leave, and he never did. And even now, like, all I wish is that, you know, I'd get the chance to share the stage with him because we never got to. But <laughs> I'm sure someday, you know, after years and years and years, hopefully many, many years, I'll be able to share a stage with him in heaven. So thank you. <laughs> Amen. If you've made that profession, that heaven, that heavenly stage is open. Amen. Anyone else this, this afternoon would like to share a story, something that touched your heart? Some funny story? Yes, ma'am. to see us and them boys they put their arms around each other like a chorus line and they were singing remember Shaney kicking their legs up in the air and just a singing and kicking their legs and that is such a memory for me when I think of them boys because I've seen girls in a chorus line but <laughs> That was the cutest and the funniest thing, them boys. Kicking their legs up in the air and singing and giggling and running through the house and doing it again and again. <laughs> so, I just, uh, I'm going to miss Forrest. No, I think I got it loud. 
else this afternoon would like to share something? Ron said there's funny stories or what brings light brings a little bit of happiness back to the tears as well. Somebody's got something you'd like to share. Sean. The very first time I ever met Forrest, I only saw him as my drummer. A couple of times afterwards, though, we were practicing with the band, and me and him connected on a, a level more deeper than I thought I would ever be with him. <clears throat> One day, I messaged Forrest, and he asked me, how you doing, man? Not so well. And he asked me what was going on. I told him about how my mother had been having many alcohol problems and trying to kill herself. And for worse, when leave me alone, he 
He kept messaging me, making sure it was okay, trying to talk me through everything. To be completely honest, if it wasn't for him, I'd probably be where my mom is at right now. Hallelujah. Well, I think we're going to... Did you want to speak, son? Okay. Yes, absolutely. Montana. <laughs> Just like Mother said. <laughs> <laughs> the way to the Great Valley. <laughs> 
and he's like kicking. And the story behind that picture is, um, I had no idea he was going to do this, but at my wedding he challenged me to a walk-off, um, <laughs> like straight out of Zoolander. I don't know how many years seen Zoolander, but the, the song Beat It came on over, overhead with the DJ. He had already worked it out with the DJ and it started. And then he walked up to me and challenged me to a walk-off in front of everyone, so we proceeded to have a walk-off that lasted like 20 minutes and made my wife all mad because we stole his phone. <laughs> to wait to go home to get to the phone. I bet everyone in here has a phone in their pocket. It's okay. Pick it up. Call the family. Call each other. Remind each other. Share these stories. Those are the kinds of things that let each other know we're not alone. That even though our hearts are broken and we're in a trying time, we have brothers and sisters. We have friends. We have those in Christ to help us along. And God will allow you to be his hands and feet if you allow him to use you. So I encourage you to do that. We're going to listen to another song that was one of Forrest's favorites. And it's a song that, listen to the words. I'm sure it's one of Forrest's favorites because of the words. But Jesus Messiah. I want to encourage you to listen to these words this morning. And then there will be a video right after that. Well, I'll set that up then. Listen to this one.
He is Lord of all. And as this next song comes up, this is a song that when I was over with the family one day this week, came, came to light and came to mind. And it's something that I feel as though we're going to speak, have to speak to just a little bit this morning. We ask ourselves, why are we here? Why are we in this position? Why are we here today memorializing our brother at such a young age? And this is one of the, the things we'll speak of in just a moment. However, I feel as though it has a lot to do with an unforgiveness and unfortunately, a lot of us deal with an unforgiveness, and I don't mean of each other as much as it's forgiving ourselves of things we've done in our past, things that we have to deal with. In the words of this song that they showed me this past week, I, I, I had not heard this song prior to that. And as they mentioned to me, could we play this? I thought, absolutely, because that, that ran right along with what I felt as though the Lord was already pursuing in my heart and mind to share with you guys today. So as they bring this to us this morning, if you would, listen to these words. Set it free. 
even set a prisoner free. There is no end to what its power can do. So let it go and be amazed by what you see through eyes of grace. The prisoner that it really frees is you. Forgiveness. Forgiveness. Oh, forgiveness. Forgiveness. Show me how to love the unlovable. Show me how to reach the unreachable. Help me now to do the another Facebook post with you. This, is, this one here is by Renee Bowles. It says, let me tell you about my friend Forrest. He was a genuinely good guy, one of the best people I've ever met growing up. Even in my adult years, he was always there for me to talk and to help me get through things. And I didn't have anyone to play WoW with, World, World, Worlds of Warcraft. He offered to buy all the expansions and legions to play World of Warcraft with me. I told him he didn't have to and that we'd find something else to play, haha. We made plans to go to BlizzCon next year and cosplay. He was a good listener and gave great advice. Forrest was always there for his friends, even when I myself knew they were not always there for him. I really hope that the last time I saw Forrest, he knew how much he meant to me as a friend. We kept in contact on Facebook after the last time I saw him, and even though I could sense some pain in his replies, he seemed to be in high spirits still. He was always that one person that could have a positive outlook when everything went to stuff. He, he was strong. It really had to have been something very large to make him take his own life. I will miss you and our conversations. You've helped me through so much. I don't even know what else I could possibly just say to make this any better for anyone. We lost a good soul. Rest in peace, Forrest. You will re- great, be greatly missed by people that were near and far from Loktar Ogar. I'm sure that has something to do with his game. However, she makes the comment here, she said it really had to be something very big to make him take his own life. And as I prayed, and I shared with some, as this was um, the message today. I've talked with Forrest in the past many times and things, and as I was praying about what I was supposed to speak to to this day, the thing that was overwhelming me, and then when I shared with the family earlier, they agreed, I believe, in that that thing, that large thing has to do with just as the song that we just heard from Matthew West. That thing tends to be that sometimes we allow ourselves to get in a position to where even though the Lord forgives us, we don't forgive ourselves. And that thing can continue to grow. There's two things I want to mention this morning, this afternoon, that we want to make sure that we get our, our minds around. Two different concepts I want to speak to. and that the first, Unfortunately, we don't deal 
openly with some of the serious social problems in the church sometimes, and, and that is absolutely wrong. We, I, I have this ideology, this theory, that, that people think that if you ignore things, it'll just go away. That's not reality. The more you ignore things, the larger they grow. Suicide is one of those problems, one of those things that continually shows its face. We don't like to talk about that. We don't like to, to mention it. It's shocking. It leaves us speechless. We don't know how, how to go from there. It leaves us helpless feeling, and, and we just don't know what to say when we hear that someone has taken their own life, and we have, haven't the slightest idea how to actually deal with that. We approach this topic this morning that I believe is weighing incredibly heavy on the hearts of minds of, of everyone that is here today. But it's something that I feel as though that we need to address prior to even going into the, the reasoning behind this, this situation right now. I don't think there's probably anything more heartbreaking in life than, than suicide. It affects much more than the one life that, that, has, that is not here today. There's many of us. You've heard the comments both from me reading them from the Facebook post, from you guys one to another in here this afternoon, there is a plethora of people now and generations to come that are going to be affected by the choice that's been made here today. It is a heartbreaking thing. And I think it's one of the reasonings behind this. And unfortunately, I have had to preach too many suicides here lately. I was sharing with Carla just earlier in the week. It's somewhat overwhelming in my mind. But I think it's, again, because we don't fully reach out sometimes. We, don't, we, we try to pretend and ignore the problem. But one of the things, too, that I think that, the, that has clouded our minds why the church is afraid to, to gra- grapple with it, I want to make sure to mention is this. We need to understand that the Bible contains two prohibitions against killing. One is in Exodus 20, one is in Deuteronomy chapter 5, but in neither one of those does it ever expressly forbid suicide. What am I trying to say here? As I said, I've had to preach to, to this type of, of, of service too many times. But let me say this. The suicide, the word suicide, is not even mentioned in the Scriptures. So many people come up to me and they're confused about the salvation. Well, I know he knew Christ because he said so, but now that he's committed suicide, what does this mean? Does this mean he doesn't get into heaven? Folks, suicide's never mentioned in the Scriptures at all. Not, neither is the morality of suicide is not mentioned. In fact, when you look through the scriptures, there is six different, seven, uh, excuse me, seven different people that committed suicide in the scriptures. You have, you have Abimelech in Judges. You have Samson in Judges. You have Saul in 1 Samuel. You have Saul's armor bearer in 1 Samuel. You have Atherphel in 2 Samuel. You have Zimri in 1 Kings. And then you have Judas Iscariot who, who committed suicide for his intense guilt and his hopelessness in the book of Matthew. Now, why do I share those seven names with you this morning? Those are seven different people that we read about in Scripture that have committed suicide. But after every one of these, if you was to go and look into there, there is no comment after any one of these suicides, not one comment on the rightness or the immorality of the act of suicide. That is not in there. That was not until the fourth century, 400 years after Christ, before St. Augustine came up and defined it a crime because it didn't give a person time to repent of their sins. But I would share with you this morning, I guarantee you, even as the pastor, if I was to walk out of this door today and lightning was to hit me, something was to happen to me, there is probably unconfessed sin in my life. Sin is sin. 
And though I wish I could tell you that every one of us has professed all our sins before we pass, there is probably many, many people who know the Lord, have a loving relationship with Christ, have, that have gone on to be with the Lord, that still had unprofessed sin. Does that mean that a just God is going to lock them out because of that? No, the Scripture does not say that. The question that I am often asked is if a Christian commits suicide, do they still get to go into heaven? And I would, I would submit to you that the, the answer to the question is the question itself. If you are truly a Christian, which I believe our brother Forrest, not only had he made the profession, but not, as you heard in these, these, these Facebook posts and sharing from one another here today, in action, not by just by profession, but by in action, if you are truly a Christian, as I believe our brother was, then no matter how you die, whether it's suicide or homicide, whether it's an accident or whether it's old age, if you are a Christian, you truly have given your life to the Lord, if you die by any method whatsoever, you're going to stand in the presence of the Lord. You're going to be in glory. Nowhere, absolutely nowhere, do you read in this book right here, nowhere in the Bible that, that will you find that it says that suicide is a sin that's going to keep you out of heaven. It is not there. And folks, as great as a writer and great of a thinker as St. Augustine and Thomas Aquinas was, these are great philosophical religious people, fathers of the church. They were not perfect. And that's why you don't find it in here. And the way we live is not by Thomas Aquinas' Aristotelian thinking. It's not by, by any other church father. We live by this, if you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And by this, I can say that by the profession of his mouth and the actions thereafter, I don't have to worry about whether I'm going to see my brother in heaven again. He stands in the presence of his Father. What I do see in the Bible is that if you are a Christian, you'll have eternal life. In John chapter 10, verse 20, he says, he says and I give them eternal life so that they shall forever, excuse me, so that they shall never perish, never perish, and neither shall any man be able to snatch them from my Father's hand. Hallelujah. He, God is not what we would call an Indian giver. He doesn't give it to us and say, oh, I take it back. That's not who Jesus is. Did Brother Forrest make a mistake? Absolutely. But praise God, I serve a Lord who keeps his word. That I serve a Lord, Jesus Christ, who said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. In Titus chapter 1, verse 2, he says, In hope of eternal life, which God, that cannot lie, promises you before time even began. Folks, we've been given that promise. My brother was given that promise. Was he struggling? Absolutely. Understand, suicide is a sin, just like any other sin. It's saying, God, I, I can't take it anymore, and I feel as though you can't help me in this here. It, it is a sin. It's not trusting God in the midst of that. But reason with me for just a moment this afternoon. Think about this. If, if a man was being haunted by multiple personalities, let's say he was a, a schizophrenic and he lost his ability to reason. He lost his ability. There were several different personalities coming up. How can God, who is just, condemn someone who is incapable of reasoning any longer? It, it, th- which one of the personalities would God condemn? I would submit to you this morning that someone who is struggling with forgiving themselves, someone who has allowed that unforgiveness to consume them from the inside out, to, to just eat on their mind, 
it has lost their ability to reason just as much as that man that has multiple personalities. And in tri- times when we've lost our capability to reason well, that's when we do incredibly insane things. We make quick choices and decisions. And unfortunately, many of the quick choices and decisions that we make have lasting consequences. Our brother made a quick decision and a quick choice. And we are here gathered together in this place today because of that choice. But I also know that Paul said to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And though he made a mistake, and though he may have made a choice right now, I put aside all those theories. There are so many theories out there that teach that that those who have committed suicide are lost forever. There is no mercy. There is no hope. They're condemned. Folks, I do not see that in Scripture. In fact, I see the opposite in Scripture. I see exceptions to that in Scripture. People say, well, what do you mean, Pastor? If you go and you read the book and you read about Samson, it is an incredible story. But you look at Samson, he committed suicide. God even helped him to do so. He committed suicide, yet in Hebrews chapter 11, you know what it says in Hebrews 11? It says that he is righteous. He is listed amongst the hall of faith. Here is a man who commits suicide, but listed in the hall of faith as one who is righteous. How can one whom God deems righteous not allow him to enter into glory? So I say that the Scripture counteracts the teachings of that church father that was 400 years after Christ. And I can say with all assurance this morning that yes, my brother sinned. Yes, he committed an action that that took him from this world and has broken the hearts of many of those that are here today. But praise God, prior to that decision, he made a great decision in accepting Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. And then lived years, as you've heard the the testimonies of those who have spoken here today, to share and bring others. I heard one young man say that, that 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 God used him to bring that young man back to Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Suicide is a dreaded word, folks, in in any family, and it colors the passing of a man or a woman with all kinds of of questioning and all kinds of thoughts. But please understand this this morning. If you can hear my voice, I don't care if it's radio, Facebook, or you guys in here, we need to make sure that we are slow to judge and quick to pray. We should not judge the actions that our brother has taken here as much as we should be praying for the family that's left behind. We should be extending our hand. We should be loving one another, loving our friends. This, this kind of gathering like this, this isn't just to get our checkbook, you know, a check mark in our book. This is an opportunity for us to be able to reach out to one another, to network with one another, to not only say, hey, I feel your pain. I want to be here for you. I want to pick up the phone. But some of you in here today may be struggling and hiding it well, just as Forrest might have been. And I would share with you this morning, the best way to honor our brother, the best way, this is a memorial service, the best way to memorialize his life is to let his life continue to affect you beyond and that, that understanding that he made a quick decision that you do not have to make. And that you can reach out to one another and share the love of Jesus Christ. We don't always understand what we see. We don't always understand what we hear. I may not be able to fully relate with where you're at in your life, but let me tell you this morning that Jesus Christ does. And somebody in here, God may be using and telling you, the pastor may not be able to relate, but you will. Go and talk to your brother. Pick up a phone and call somebody. There's people, folks, 
they are considering ending it all every day. In fact, suicide is the third leading cause of death between 15 and 24 years old. 24 year olds. Third leading cause. According to the National Institute of Mental Health, 18 teenagers per day kill themselves in the United States. That means we should be reaching out. We should be lifting up in prayer. Every 80 minutes, another committed, another teenager commits suicide in the world. There's a problem there, guys. And it's not only that, but over a thousand teens per day attempt to take their own lives. This isn't something that we should sweep under the carpet. This isn't something that just came out of the blue. This is something that we need to be dealing with. Every suicide, folks, every attempt is screaming, I need help. I need help. Now, the unfortunate thing is, on this side of glory, it's too late to be able to reach the brother Forrest. But we can reach to his family. And we can take the life that he lived and use it to, to let us understand just who Christ is. One of the brothers, Mike, I think it was a while ago, said that Forrest would give you everything off his back if he thought it would help you make it through this day. I would share with you this morning that we can take that kind of giving nature, that tenderheartedness of Forrest, put it into the hearts and mind of our put it into our mind and into our heart, and enact that throughout. If we really want to memorialize our brother, remember the actions that he took that affected others and start reaching out to those around us, to our friends that may be struggling just like he is. Is suicide the unpardonable sin? Absolutely not. He can still, not only does he stand in the presence of the Lord, he can still make a difference here through you. Reaching to the family, reaching to friends. When a man or woman gets saved, all sins are under the blood of Jesus Christ. When you accept Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, every bit of it is washed. All sins, past, present, and future. However, just because someone is saved doesn't mean that they don't need help. Doesn't mean that they can't, that we should not still be reaching out there. We all struggle. I think we all struggle with self-forgiveness at times. We let it consume us. We've all had those moments, I would, I would venture to say, when we've absolutely cringed over something that we said or did, or did not say or did not do. And we let it get to us. We know we were wrong. We've talked to God about it. Oftentimes, we'll talk to God about it. We've admitted it. We've confessed it. We received God's forgiveness about it. And yet, something still lingers in our conscience. Something casting blame deep down inside of us, telling us that we are worthless, telling us who do we think we are that that God would, would cleanse us that way. He hasn't really forgiven us. In our minds, we know that He has. But we chew ourselves up. We keep saying, well, I'm not worthy of that forgiveness. We know in our minds we're forgiven, but our hearts keep telling us, why would He do that? And what is speaking to those hearts that are in our, in our minds? We allow God's forgiveness. We understand that He has it, but we don't allow it to take hold inside. And we punish ourselves over and over and over. And I pray this morning, if that is you, that, that you will hear these words this morning. Jesus Christ will cleanse you from absolutely everything that you have done if you will take it to Him. The Bible says He will be faithful and true to cleanse you from all unrighteousness if you will confess it unto Him. See, when you take it to the Lord, that burden has been lifted. But if you do not... It will consume you, would it not? If you continue to allow that unforgiveness to take hold within you, it will consume you. I am certain, folks, that Forrest never lost faith in God. He did not lose faith in God, 
but he was certain that God lost faith in him. And because he felt as though that God had lost faith in him, he allowed himself to be consumed from the inside out. He could share Christ because he knew the truth. He knew the words. He knew the power of an almighty God. And he could help others. But deep down he thought, but why would God want to help me? And he allowed that to consume him little by little by little. He knew in his mind that God had forgiven him, but he was having trouble allowing that message to soak into the core of his being. Though he had, his parents told him, his friends told him, I told him, so many of us told him that you, are, you have been forgiven. If you will give it to Christ, it is washed it is put as far as the east is from the west. But unfortunately, folks, let me share with you this morning, there's an adversary out there that is going to continue to scream to try to take you down. If he can find that weak link, he will do so. We can learn from this tragedy what Peter tells us in 1 Peter chapter 5. Verse 6 and 7, he says, Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that he may exalt you in due time. Listen to this. Casting all your care upon him, because he cares about you. Folks, my God cares about you. My God cares about Forrest. My God cared, even as he walked on this earth, for him. And I would suggest that we can learn from Peter's story that our... Our forgiveness doesn't come from ourselves. Our forgiveness comes from God. As I cast my cares upon him, he cares for me. As we bask in the, in the love of an almighty God, we should be able to stop and allow him to take those regrets from us. Take those hurts, take that shame, take that guilt, and realize we are creatures who are flawed, but we are creatures that are precious in God's sight. And I share this message with you for this reason. We are here honoring Forrest tonight, today. And I would say that my brother, if he could speak from the place where he is right now, he would share with you, as some of you said he already has, he would share with you of the overwhelming grace of Jesus Christ. He could not accept it fully here on this side of glory, but you know the great thing is, he stands in the presence of his Lord and of his Savior. And standing in the presence of that kind of grace and that kind of mercy, he would look back and say, man, I had it all, I just didn't realize it. And I would say that he would submit to you that if you are thinking like this today, if you have a past that you feel as though that you cannot be forgiven for, you'll help others, but you feel as though you're not worthy, my brother would share with you this morning, this is the best way to honor Forrest today. He would tell you, don't make the same decision I've made. Accept Christ and run with him. Accept Christ and go with him. If we really want to honor and memorialize Forrest and learn from, from him that unforgiveness leads to pain, but Jesus Christ leads to grace. It leads to mercy. It leads to joy. It leads to understanding. It leads to be able to be used by him. Praise God for Paul's promise. When they, when they asked Paul, well, well, what's going on? He said, you know, I will serve Christ on this side of glory, and it is gain. But to be absent from the body is to be present with Jesus Christ. Our brother may not be with us physically any longer, but he stands in the, in the presence of his Lord. And that same Lord that he stands in the presence of today, folks, I would tell you that he cares for you just as much. And he'll forgive your sins, no matter how bad they may be. 
we have this tendency, we want, we want to categorize our sins. Well, God will forgive me this, this, and this, but I did this. And even though Brother Forrest may have been, been condemning himself for this sin, God said sin is sin is sin. And I will put it as far as the east is from the west. If you have honestly brought all your sin to the foot of the cross, if you have honestly, truly surrendered everything to him and said, Father, forgive me, here it is. I put it all right here. Then where do you think those messages are coming from that says that's not good enough? That's not from God. That's from the evil one trying to make you believe that you're not worthy. Our brother stands in the presence of our Lord this evening. And I guarantee you that what he hears now isn't you're not worthy. It's I see the blood of my son. You see, we serve one who said, I choose to throw your sin into the deepest part of the ocean to remove it from you and put it as far as the east is from the west. I choose to remember it no more. The best thing we can remember through Brother Forrest today, and I think he would have me share this with you today, is that whatever has happened in your life, whatever you're struggling with, truly take it to Christ and don't worry about it anymore. Because those doubts, those worries, that, that ideology of I'm not worthy comes from the evil one who would love to see you wallow and feel helpless in your guilt and your shame. Because if he can continue to manipulate you, then he can rob you of your joy and one day possibly get into your mind and make you make a decision that you wouldn't have made otherwise. This morning, I want us to understand that God created us for a purpose. In Jeremiah, he said, I know the plans that I have made for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Does that sound like a God that would want you to feel as though you're not worthy? No. It sounds like a God who said, I go so that I may prepare a place for you. So that when I return, I will call you onto myself so that where I am, so that you be also. But yet we also know in John 10, 10, it says the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. The thief has come to steal, kill, and destroy. But what did God say? I came so that you may have life and have it to the full. Forrest knew that. But unfortunately, that thief that came to steal and destroy grabbed his attention one too many times. The devil is the thief. He steals, he kills, and he destroys. But when Jesus comes to your life, he brings life. Even when he is full of shame, Peter kept coming back to the Lord. When Daniel... Uh, excuse me, David, continued to, to make incredible mistakes. He kept coming back to the Lord. And God kept opening those arms. It's kind of like that prodigal son. Even though, Peter, even though he knew he didn't deserve it, he kept coming back into the arms of his father. He came back and said, I, just, I come back as a hired servant. He, his father opened his arms. Folks, I would tell you this morning that Forrest was like that prodigal son on this side of glory. But he turned and went back to the arms of his heavenly father. By the profession of his mouth and the actions that he did here upon this earth, sure, he sinned. Was he perfect? Absolutely not. 
But I guarantee you, you look around this room right now, there is not a single soul in this room that is perfect. Not a single one of us. Not a single one of us. Not a single one of us is perfect in this room. But if you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, one day we'll stand before him. And the, the enemy, it says, is going to try to accuse. And Jesus is going to step up as our mediator and say, nope, he's mine. Boris had sin in his life. But isn't it great that he made the decision to make Jesus Christ his mediator? Folks, if you're here this morning and you haven't done that, I would submit to you that that would be the first word that, that, that Forrest would share with you. Make that decision before it's too late. Yes, he has gone home to be in the arms of his Heavenly Father. And yes, he's going to be missed. But if you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, one day you're going to see him again. There's going to be a great reunion in the sky. Because of the prophet, well, first of all, because of the promise and the, the carrying out of that promise that Jesus Christ brought forth. He made a pathway so that we can be washed and made pure, whole. And if you would accept that same pathway that Forrest had, then you'll be able to see him again one day. Yes, this is a, a moment in time where people say, well, this brings closure. Not really. It doesn't. But what it can bring is a mindset. I choose to remember my brother. I choose to remember the life that he led, but I choose to remember the Christ whom he taught. I choose to live for the Lord. This is an opportunity for you to be able to, to, to reach out for comforting and reach out to comfort. But most of all, this is an opportunity to understand where our brother sits today. I want to share one more post with you this morning, and then there's a video that we'd like you to see. This is Jamie Lynn. Jamie Lynn said this, My heart is broken for the loss of such an amazing friend, a talented drummer like nothing I have ever seen. He played those drums and made his own stage. The first day I met him, he made me feel like we had been friends for years already. He had touched my heart by being such a kind and caring person. I doubt anyone felt like they were a stranger to him. This breaks my heart so much. You live on in my heart within a sea of many hearts. He lives on within the heart of this young man and within the hearts of many. And I share this before we go to this video that the family would like you to see for this reason. We may not have forced amongst us physically any longer. And praise God that his spirit we can now commend into the hands of his heavenly father. His spirit stands in the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ but his memory can live on in the hearts of each and every one of us. The lessons that can be learned here today can be passed on from each and every one of us. Let's quit hiding in the shadows about suicide and step out to try to prevent them by sharing Christ before rather than after the situation shows itself. Let's reach out to one another. Let's pray for one another. Let's strengthen and uphold one another. Praise God that my brother made that decision. I pray that you will do the same. Before we close this morning, there's a video that the family would like you to see today. And explain But I'm no stranger
If I can explain But I'm no stranger to The heartache and the pain The fire I began Is burning me alive But I know better than To leave and let it die I'm a silhouette Asking every now and then Is it over yet? Will I ever feel again? I'm a silhouette Chasing rainbows on my own But the more I try to move on The more I feel alone So I watch the summer stars to lead me home bow with me for a word of prayer. Father God, I pray this morning that you will just touch the hearts of everyone that is here today. May we understand who you are in the midst of this, this hard time in our lives. We've lost a friend, a son, a brother, a nephew, a loved one. God, may you just touch the hearts of those left behind and give them the strength to be able to carry on. God, I pray your will to be done in the hearts of your people today as they reach out one to another, but also in the coming week, and weeks, and months, and years. May we continue to reach to one another, but most of all, reach to you. May your holy anointing fall down upon this family and upon all those that can reach out to this family. And I pray your will to be done in the hearts of your people this day. And it's in Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. The ushers are going to start dismissing you from the back. And as you will come up, walk by the family and, and give them your condolences. And then lunch is being served for everyone who would like to stay. You just go down the breezeway and the second to the last door hang a left and you'll smell the food cooking. So come on down. There's also a memory journal at the back if you have not signed it and, and if you wanted to write something in there, please do. And we'll also be taking it over to the fellowship hall as well.